on show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a bow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. Slacker Nation is on session. We are live. And whenever you're live, you are alive. If you're listening to my voice, that's still the case. This is the mighty 9.60 a.m. This beautiful Saturday morning. The phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The phone lines are open all day. This is free for all. The best phone call of the day is going to get what? I'm going to give him two years worth of free oil changes. What? We're just making it rain. So if you have anything to say this morning, this may be the time. Now, you need to come down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity because uh, the oil changes are not being done on my garage. <laughs> They're getting done at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. How are you this morning, Jacob? A little bit sad. A Why? little bit sad as we discussed before the show. The Toronto Maple Leafs now done. It was a it was a good run, was it? Nah, I'm telling myself it was, but no, no, not really. You, you see, you can't be sad or mad at the expected. You can't. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Yeah. No expectations. No disappointment. Correct. People. Correct. That is a a good point. They made it past the first round this year. Well, it was the first time in what two decades? Yes. That's amazing. Somehow. Yeah. You know, look, I I understand why. Um, uh, why people follow sports teams? I, I I get it. I get it. I don't I don't do it, but I get it. Yeah, I see all the all the jerseys walking around the city, Toronto Maple Leafs. It's fun. It's a good distraction. And I mean, given how much I like to play hockey, it's cool watching these guys that are so good at it do it. Now that being said, we don't even need distractions now based on how good the weather is. You mentioned it before. It, it, beautiful week, absolutely tremendous week of weather, and it looks like we're gonna have a good weekend too. Well, this is uh, this is what we've been waiting for, folks, the entire year. Uh, the motorcycles are out. The pool is open. 
life is the, life is the, grand. Where was the first place you drove your motorcycle to this year? Oh, to the jujitsu academy. Of course, yeah, naturally. <laughs> you know, why I even ask? <laughs> well, the, the the truth is this: I mean, you know, you you go off for a ride. Um, you know, you enjoy yourself. You take it to the places uh, that you most frequent, and uh, I spend all of my evenings, um, at least during the week, um, either one of my two jujitsu academies in Oakville and Mississauga, and I haven't taken it to the office yet. You know, sometime next week. You know, the problem is that I don't like wearing a backpack. I don't. I, I never had. At one time, I remember when I first started to ride, close to 25, 26 years ago, when I, when I first got a sports bike, I, I used to take it to the gym. And one time, I made the mistake of um, closing the zipper at the top, you know, the two zippers. I closed it at the very top of the backpack. And when I made it home, it was empty, so I lost my belt, my shoes, all my clothes, and I, I, I don't know. I just got freaked out, so I don't, I don't use a is backpack not, anymore. Is there not like under the seat though? Is there not like a little storage compartment? No, 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 no. I mean, even if they were, you can't put a laptop underneath right, there. Right, right. Yeah, and because I don't ride a bagger, uh, there's a lot of guys that ride baggers, and uh, they have the little. Um, you know, saddle bags on the side that you can put all sorts of different things. I don't have that yet. I've been thinking about it, though, to get a big cruiser, you know? Sorry, just because I know nothing about bikes. What is, what's a, a bagger? What is that? Yeah, look at, look at on the computer, a Harley-Davidson bagger. They have those two big bags on the, on the side of the rear wheels. Oh, I think, yeah, okay. You know what I'm okay, saying? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not much of a, you know, a bike connoisseur. I just ride. I just get on the bike and go. It's like the, uh, it's like the Queen song. Uh, which one is that? Bicycle race. They say, get on your bikes <laughs> and ride. <laughs> sure. But it's, it's impossible not to have a permanent smile when you are riding your motorcycle and you can feel the wind in your face and the acceleration in your stomach and, uh, it's, I couldn't. I couldn't compare riding a motorcycle to very many things. Uh, when it comes to total and absolute disconnect from the world and and engaging yourself into this, you have to be aware. You have to be hyper focused and lucid whenever you ride in a motorcycle. You cannot be distracted. You pay with your life when you're distracted. So it it, it allows you a different level of consciousness whenever you ride in the motorcycle. Is honestly is is quite an experience. Now, not to be confused with the knuckleheads that are doing wheelies doing 180 kilometers an hour on the 407. I, no, that's not you're what not, I'm talking not, about. You're not popping any donuts out here? <laughs> you can't you know, pop wheelies. I, I don't think you can do, don do donuts on a bike. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I'm somebody's sure figured it out. <laughs> somebody's figured it out. But no, the um, I decided to... Um, to to invest some some a little bit of money and uh, and time in the backyard, so the pool was open a few weeks back, and uh, I had a company to to build a deck, and these guys are unbelievable, man. I uh, they're not done yet, but uh, in in less than a week they have been able to uh, demolish the old structure and put a brand new one in there, and. I um, I'm gonna spend some time there this uh, this summer. Um, maybe maybe if you uh, if you do a good job here on the show, I'll have you guys for a beer at my house. Even maybe. though I don't drink beer, but uh, <laughs> that maybe, would be nice. Okay. Um, a couple of things before we go into the show this morning. Um, I want to wish um, my partner Luis Costa, um, the head professor 
um, of Okta BJJ Corporation and uh, my partner in crime. A happy birthday! It was his birthday yesterday, and uh, you know we we just continuing the celebration. But you know, he's, um, I'm super lucky to have him around. He's he's just an outstanding human. Also, to all the competitors at the Ontario BJJ Open in Oshawa last weekend, uh, a big shout out to the organizers. Uh, I believe um, the head organizer, his name is Gringo. Um, you know. Thank you for the uh, for the wonderful event, and to all the competitors from the Octa organization, we had close to forty competitors, so we had forty fighters going in there, and we won a pile of medals. Uh, it was um, it was it was a wonderful weekend. We stayed in Oshawa, and um, there is a. Let me see if I can find it here because uh, this is the second consecutive year, uh, Jacob, that I stay in Oshawa, uh, that I park in the same spot. And there is a family there. I think it's called Cooper's Garage, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cooper's Garage. You don't park. There's just too many cars at the arena. You don't park there. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a busy place. So there is a there is a lady that's always uh, you know they always reserve a parking for uh, uh, for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournaments. And uh, actually, I think I found it here. It's called Cooper's Auto Service. They've been there since 1946. And uh, the lady recognized me. Uh, I don't know how or why, but uh, she knew that I was Greg Carrasco from the Greg Carrasco show. So she had been a fan for, I don't know, since my old days at, at Global. Uh, so she's been listening to the show for the better part of the last 13 years. And then I met her husband, whose dad used to run the same shop and whose granddad used to run the same shop. And his son, apparently, is also going to be running the uh, the same show. So... If you are uh, in need of mechanical service in in Oshawa, you need to uh, make it down to Cooper's Auto Service. And uh, Doug Cooper is um, is just a phenomenal dude. They're very very friendly people, and I promise that I will send a big shout out to everybody that um, that was involved that weekend, and specifically to Mr. Cooper. But anyways, as usual, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Thank you to the team at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity for an amazing, amazing April. And uh, despite the fact that we're working out of trailers, we are still crushing sales. Uh, the public has been phenomenal over the last couple of months, understanding and uh, empathizing with the uh, with the tremendous endeavor that we have uh, undertaken there at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. The building is pretty much apart. Um, if you uh, if you drive by the QEW between Bronte and Third Line, you can see us on South Service Road. But uh, the um, the machines are all uh, performing what they're supposed to be doing. They're just taking the building down, and uh, we are only doing this to give you a better experience to give you a better dealership to give you a better uh, environment for you to come and hang out and uh, we are upgrading the the dealership it's a it's a multi-million dollar uh, facelift uh, we are we we kind of have to do it but uh, I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm excited about it I'm, I'm, I'm excited about seeing what uh, what the new building and the new facility is going to look like and um, I'm gonna have a nice office I think <laughs> I think. So let's take a short break. The phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We're going to be talking about cars and the car business for the next hour. So if you have any questions about what to buy, when, how, what to do with your vehicle, don't forget to call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We'll be right back. There's a call. 
when I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, I'm Hansel Grace, and I'm here to let you know that if you want to be my friend, you got to be choked first. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no friendship between us. And you are watching The Greg Carrasco Show. Don't miss it, and don't blink it. And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show in Canada's largest radio show on weekends. <laughs> we're still there. We're still there. Although the slackers don't like to call the show until almost 11 o'clock in the morning when, when I need to sign off. But, I mean, what are you going to do, right? My dad had a question after the last show. Yeah, what was that? And he wanted to know why we play so much Nickelback. And the answer is simple. It's because we just we appreciate greatness when we hear it in the form of music. That's that's music royalty, man. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you, know, you exactly. need, to, you need was, to bend the knee and bow down. I was offended that my dad even asked. I'm surprised that he did. I'm very, very too, surprised. Me too. Every day, someone finds a new way to disappoint me. <laughs> hey, listen, that's 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 parents' jobs in the eyes of the kids. But yeah, it's uh, it is our job as parents to disappoint our children, <laughs> and the older they get, the more disappointed they become. The older we get, the more we realize how our parents had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> they were just trying to figure things out, and we were just the the crush test dummies for for their lives. I don't know. Well, you know, if if I had kids again, I I, I think I would do a better job. I, I think I think I I think it's inevitable to as you get older, you get in a better you know head head space yeah, just to be a, mean, a better dad. You yeah. just have more wisdom at at your age than you do when you're. 27 or 30 whenever however old you are when you have kids you're just you're smarter yeah I don't know if okay so here's the thing uh, this is not what I'm going to talk about but we, we are going to talk about cars specifically leases um, the um, I think that for me it would be easier to to be a better father at this stage of the game but it would be more difficult for my if I were to have more kids, it would be more difficult for them because one of the biggest mistakes that I made for my kids is that I made their life too easy. Mm. Way too easy, man. I, I, I literally deprived them of, uh, of the ability to deal with adversity because uh, when I was young, I said, oh, you know, they're my babies. I'm going to make sure that they don't suffer anything that I suffer. And, blah, blah, blah. and all those things that you try to do when you're a parent and then when they turn out to be uh, a little bit different than you had anticipated, uh, then you understand that, no, man, you need to make their life as hard as they can possibly make their life and then they'll appreciate it but we have a phone call already uh, who do we have on the line I don't have a name here but it's someone calling about getting a new SUV oh I love it um, whoever is getting a brand new SUV you're calling the Carrasco show how can I help you this morning by the way Greg I remember you uh, very vividly from the Hyundai uh, dealership yes I, I met you and uh, you helped make sure you're People looked after me, and actually, I'm, I've been driving that car ever since. It's a Hyundai Sonata 2009, believe it or not. Love it. One, uh, one of my favorite cars. Yeah, it was a good one. Now, here's the thing. I only have 84,000 clicks on it to this date. 
So actually, I'm not. I'm having you know no problems, but I realize that uh, you know I can't go on with it uh, indefinitely. So uh, I'm considering a, a an SUV, uh, a smaller one, um, and I want one. That I'm I'm a senior, senior, senior. I don't want uh, problems with it, and I'm not a gadget person. Okay. I want something that's easy to handle with a good good warranty that uh, that I don't have to have problems with. Um, what size of uh, SUV? Because you you have the midsize SUV in Canada, which is probably the most popular one. And for that, I mean the uh, you know with Hyundai, it's always difficult because the, the Tucson and the Santa Fe are right smack in the middle there. So you one of those two. Then you have the Honda CRV, the uh, Toyota Rav Four, the the Nissan Rogue, uh, the Ford Escape, and that sort of thing. Is that the size, or you want something a little smaller? Well, I'm I'm thinking probably of that size, perhaps a little smaller. Uh, but but hang on, um, uh, I have a question for you. The yeah. Hyundai. One of the reasons that I went for it was, uh, you know, originally was they had that five year warranty. Yep. Most of them didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know if they still have it or, or, or not. They do. But for example, okay, okay. My wife my wife drives a uh, a Nissan Rogue, and she's happy with it. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I actually need one that size now. Um, um have you looked at so the, I, at the Nissan Qashqai? Does I have not. Okay. So this I is some, something to look at that if you want something even smaller than that, we, we have the compact utility vehicles. It's called the Nissan Kicks. You see, in my opinion, the, the Kicks is probably a perfect vehicle. It gives you the utility of a small, uh, compact uh, SUV, but uh, it doesn't cost you the money. It doesn't cost you the gas. And uh, um, it's, it's quite reasonable in relation to everything that it gives you. Now, uh, let me see what else. The, it would be the Honda Hyundai Kona. Have you looked at the Kona or the Venue? I don't know if they make the Venue anymore, but... Uh, oh, I haven't looked any of these actually yeah. uh, but but my okay but what I'm wondering for example I'm sitting with consumers report in front of me right now as we speak yep. and you know of course the Subaru Forester is, is gets top marks right across the board that's a bigger vehicle though everything true yeah, that's a, that's a bigger vehicle. Now, and look, I if you want to spend the money, by all means, a Subaru is a phenomenal, phenomenal vehicle. Uh, the in, in my opinion, is is one of the best vehicles in the marketplace. But they are a little pricier than just about everything else that you can think of in the segment. And the question is that can you justify spend the additional money for the additional quality? Although it's subjective, because the, the reality is this, man, that. Nobody makes a bad vehicle anymore. They they don't. And uh, if you're thinking of a resale value, um, it all depends how long you're going to keep the car. I mean, you, you had your Sonata for four years, five years. I mean, you've used up a lot of the no, life. No, 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 of, no. I've had, excuse me. I've had the Sonata for 14 years. Oh, for 14 years, okay. 2009, when you were at Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. I've had it forever. Uh, the um, Well, what I'm saying to you is that... 
and those who listen to the show understand this, in the absence of a crystal ball, the only thing that we have is uh, previous behavior. So the longevity of a vehicle is not usually determined by the brand that you buy, but more so by the way the owner looks after their vehicle. So if you right. are diligent in relation to the your service intervals and you make a relationship, you develop a relationship with your local dealer and you service it every time the owner's manual says that you should service it, it doesn't matter which one of those vehicles you buy, it will last you for 14, 15 years. There's no reason why it shouldn't. So I, I think that uh, although the, the Forester has uh, top marks in Consumers Report, you will find that the, the, the delta between the top performing vehicle when it comes to dependability and reliability on the consumer's report and the bottom one is not that big of a gap. So a couple of vehicles for you to look at, the, uh, the Toyota CHR is one. The other one... Sorry, Toyota... CHR. Toyota, CHR, did you Yeah, yeah, CHR. The Honda uh, HRV. That's another one. That's the right. Honda HRV. Right. The Hyundai Kona or Venue. And then with Nissan, you okay. have the Nissan Kicks or the Nissan Qashqai. I think that those are enough vehicles for you to be able to determine a winner. And they will cost you ten to $15,000 less than a Subaru Forester. Look, like I said to I you before, if, if you have the money, go for it. I just don't think it's necessary because... You know, you're going to keep the vehicle for a very, very long time. And since you're trying to downsize, I don't think that if you buy the Forester, you will be achieving that ultimate goal. Does that make sense what I'm telling you? It it does make sense. And I appreciate it. Just one last question. Something that I mentioned in the beginning. I'm not a gadget person. Yeah. uh, And I'm a Luddite. So I like something simple and easy to handle. So of these cars, do you know which has sort of less gadgets in terms of playing around with it, et cetera, and setting these things up? Um, because of the price segment. Sorry, what is your first name, sir? Sai. S-Y. S-Y. Sai. Okay, there you go. Um, because because of the segment that I'm steering you towards, um, most of those vehicles need to fit within a price structure. So a lot of the, the higher price on many car manufacturers is driven strictly by the amount of tech that you put in them. So to give you an example, the, the Nissan Kicks will start in the low 20s and then they go into the high 20s, low 30s. And the vehicle is the same. The, the car is the same. The chassis is the same. The engine, the torque, the horsepower, everything is the exact same. The only difference between the bottom of the line and the top of the line is are the features that you get within the vehicle. So it's entirely up to you how much tech you're going to put into it. The reality is this, that if you want to have less problems, you buy a vehicle with less features because the more features you have, the more possibilities you have that the vehicle is going to have some issues down the line. So you are looking in the right place. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you have to balance one off against the other. Precisely. The the main thing is that where do you live, Sai? Richmond Hill. 
Richmond Hill. Well, look at it this way. There is a there is a bunch of my friends that that have dealerships up there. I don't know of a Honda store up there though, but uh, you can you can go to see my friends at Thornhill Hyundai or Richmond Hill Hyundai that are owned by the same company. I worked with them for years. They're, they're wonderful people. Um, you can yeah. go and uh, let me see. You can go to see my friend Mark Falkenberg, who is the uh, the owner at Willowdale Nissan up in. Um, uh, Young and Steel's area, the uh, um, Willowdale Nissan is a phenomenal, phenomenal store, one of the best Nissan stores out there. So there's a lot of dealers out there that have some good people. Go drive them. And, um, you know, if you want to take a drive down to Oakville and see me, by all means, I'd love to have you. But the truth is that everybody has a dealer within their market area. And I've always encouraged everyone to shop local and unless they do something to upset you and then you come and see me. You know what I mean? Right, of course. Of thank, course. thank you, Simon. I really, I really appreciate the phone call. I, I think that there was a lot of meat on that on that phone call. There. Thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, you, you see, this is uh, this is the way that we look at the world these days, uh, Jacob. Most car manufacturers. I mean, I've been producing cars for I don't know, 60, 70, 80 years. Uh, I, I, which it makes it interesting to me that after we have perfected the the ice uh technology now we're trying to move away from it uh under the the pretense that uh, it's safer for the environment it doesn't make any sense to me because internal combustion engine vehicles have never been this efficient we have never used less gas we have never produced uh less emissions it has never cost less to produce a an internal combustion engine vehicle, and now we are going into a whole different realm of, of technology. That uh, look, I'm not opposed to evolution. I mean, we all need to evolve and in, uh, in advance. And I know that uh, the uh, from an efficiency standpoint, the electric motor is significantly more efficient than the internal combustion engine vehicle. However, the price we need to pay for that efficiency and the um the the how dependent we will become of a wall it creates a great deal of anxiety for me you know what i'm saying i do now separate question i just have a question about gas efficiency yeah uh i want to get the sense of if this is normal or not but when i was driving i drove last weekend from my house toronto to montreal and, and you're rogue in my rogue, yeah. okay, and it took me it took me a full tank of gas, and my friend who I was driving with seemed to be surprised that it took me a full tank of gas. Like he seemed to think it should be like three quarters of a tank. Is that which estimate do you think is 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 closer to accurate? And, and well, for how many kilometers about, did you drive? It was four hundred and fifty. It's about five hundred kilometers. You should have gotten more. Okay. Yeah, that's not. I I would have that vehicle checked. But okay. you see, as the vehicles get older, they they become less efficient, right? Um, you know, for example, now if you have a Nissan Rogue or a Nissan Altima, for that matter, you're getting seven, eight hundred kilometers out of a tank. Mm. Now that is highway driving. So. If you if you were driving in the city, I would have said no. That's that's normal. Five hundred kilometers in the city on a rogue. What year is your rogue? Two thousand twelve. Yeah. So in a two thousand and twelve rogue, five hundred kilometers in the city. That's pretty good. However, uh, highway driving. No, you should have gotten at least six hundred and fifty kilometers out of that tank. At least. So I would check the tires. When was the last time you checked? The, you changed the tires? A uh, couple weeks ago. 
You changed the tires yeah. a couple of weeks oh, ago? Yeah. Okay. Um, have you well, checked? Sorry, the, sorry. Like winter, I got my winter tires off. No, no, no. For, I'm talking, the, the, you see the, the quality of the tires, the, uh, the inflation, uh, the, you know, the, are they, have you, have you had those tires checked? That's what I'm saying. If they're underinflated, if they're overinflated, you're gonna get better or worse fuel economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, when was the last time you serviced your vehicle? Um, it was a couple. It was a, it was about two months ago. Yeah, but an oil change doesn't count as a service. Okay, that's not a service. Okay. That's you know that's like brushing your teeth, man. That's the absolute bare minimum that you can do for your mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you only if you're only brushing your teeth and you're not going for regular cleanings, if you're not doing a, a deeper dive into what's going on in there. Eventually, you're going to have problems. So, an oil change does not constitute a service. Right. Well, what about do they not service the car? Like when you when I bring it in for winter tire maintenance? No, they just take the tires off. They look at your brakes, make sure that you don't need to have them replaced, and they'll they'll communicate. But not that's not right. But they did do like they did. I I, I believe they did do service on it when I brought it in. Like they communicated with me some change, some some things they had to fix. How much car. money was your service? It's about six hundred dollars. Okay, so they did do a service. How many kilometers you have in it? Eighty or ninety, like ninety. So that the ninety six thousand kilometer service on a rogue uh, should have cost you close to a thousand dollars because that's when that's when you're getting into the into the out of the uh, although you've been out of warranty for some time but over when you when you approach the one hundred thousand kilometers on the vehicle is when you need to start paying a little bit more attention to the wearable items uh, your calipers your rotors your brakes uh, you know spark plugs and and so on um, I think that. Did you service it at a Nissan store? Yeah. Uh, which one? Avenue Nissan. Mm, those are good guys too. Well, look, man, I, you're doing all the right things. I just don't think that that is good enough fuel consumption or fuel economy. So, you know, I would bring it back and have them check that specifically and see, you know, what do you think? I'm not getting um, the the fuel economy that I need. Now, saying that the vehicle is 11 years old. <laughs> so he's living in borrowed time now, and uh, with eighty thousand kilometers, that car should last you another hundred thousand kilometers. I can t- I can tell you this: the body will fall apart way before the engine falls apart in that car. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll give him a call and I'll I'll mention you and just ask some questions. <laughs> get it get it checked out. The phone lines are open two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. If you have a car question, if you want to learn how, yes, sir. I do have another question, and I don't know if this. The, the type of gas that you put in your car. Yeah. What kind of a difference does that make? Like, cause I just use, my mom told me when she, when she said, when I first started driving the car, she's like, yeah, I just use the, the basic. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> you're fine. Okay. Well, look, the, you have, uh, you know, fast burning fuel, slow burning fuel, medium burning fuel. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the timing of the engine, uh, the, the firing timing. And, uh, I, I know that the high performance vehicles, they, they always recommend that you put the, the premium gas in them. I have always personally, I've always put the medium grade in my vehicles, but I drive different cars that you do. Um, in most vehicles today, you you can get away with regular gas. I mean, our our gas is so clean. 
I don't think that people understand this. Our gas is so clean that there isn't a lot of difference between two or three octanes on your fuel. But what is the difference? Like, literally, I, I don't know. Is it just a matter of how clean It gas? is. So, the higher the octane, the, the faster it burns. So, whenever you are creating that explosion in the internal combustion engine, it gives you higher performance. That's all it is. And some engines are, are made for that. So, unless you're driving at a Ferrari in which you know a tenth of a some of a something means something you know what i'm saying uh if you're driving a you know a lamborghini if you're driving uh, you know i don't know maybe even a maserati because they're very temperamental vehicles so, there there i can understand it like if you put you don't want to put regular gas on a nissan gtr man that you're you're reaching you shouldn't be driving that car you know in the first place and it, it, i always i always talk about this I, you know i see land rovers and g wagons getting the oil change at canadian tire like come on man come on uh, it's the same thing with gas so there's a lot of vehicles out there that will require the higher octane whenever they have turbos and you get into that more complex uh, driving systems. But uh, for the most part, regular vehicles, your your Camrys and Accords and Altimas of the world, your RAV4s and Rogues, you're, you're okay, man. You're good. So my dad, I don't know if he's listening right now, but my dad, he drives an RX350. He uh-huh. uses the... Premium? Yeah. Is that overkill or is that is he doing uh, the right thing? I think that he's... Look, you can't go wrong. If you have the money to spend, by all means, I just don't think it's necessary. I think that if you look at the difference between the, the, the mid-grade uh, fuel and the higher octane fuel, there isn't... The, the difference is so... Marginal is so insignificant that I don't think that in your lifetime it's going to damage the engine any more than uh, that, that you would know, that you would notice. Um, now, I have noticed performance difference when you drive sports cars. If you put regular gas instead of high octane vehicle, you will lose some of that performance on higher end cars. But as for the regular folk, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. And I know that people are going to fight me on this, but that's okay. And I I think that many people just like to feel themselves, you know, feel better by saying that they're putting higher octane in the vehicle. Anyways, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Cowboy. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. And we're back. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, we're Canada's largest automotive radio show, spreading some car business wisdom. So if you look in uh, buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, trading in a vehicle, if you're trying to decide what to buy, 
you know, if and you have a couple of models that you are deciding in between, I'm your guy because I don't care what you do. I'm just going to give you the facts. I'm going to give you the goods. So if you have something on your mind in relation to your vehicle, call me 289-275-9600 is a phone number, 289-275-9600 is a phone number, and the best phone call of the day is going to get two years worth of oil changes courtesy of Oakville Infinity Nissan. That's a pretty big deal if you ask me. 289-275-9600 is a phone number. Who do we have on the line, Jacob? We have James from Kitchener. James from Kitchener, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show this morning. How can I make your life better? Hey, Greg, good morning. I checked in with you a couple, well, four years ago, and you told me, hey, man, what are you doing leasing? Don't be silly. And I did. So that was 0% financing. And on the whole financing side of things, the Chrysler dealer, and I know that's not a great topic for you, but anyway, <laughs> they end up, when I, and in your words, you're renting the car. Yeah, okay, so when I got done the renting of the car, because it was leased at 0% financing, I kind of had to buy it out because, oh, well, I went over the kilometers by double. And you said, see, you're a dummy. I said, well, okay, whatever. So I bought the thing out. So now it's paid for. And just a little shout out on this 124 Spider. I've got almost 300,000 kilometers on this thing. And it runs like a top. Reason is, loads and loads of synthetic oil changes more frequently than the book tells you to. And that was more great advice you gave me. So just checking in to let you know that's what happened. And then maybe one day, if I find the money, I'd love to put a V8 crate motor in this thing. Do you know anybody who does that? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you, when it comes to cars and engines, you can always find anybody that will do anything. The only thing I can say to you is this, that you can put a Hulk and V8 in that little spider, but, uh, you know, driving that power from the vehicle to the road is where you're going to have the problem. That thing is going to be all over the place. I know a bunch of my buddies that have put some Hulk and V8s on Miatas and on Civics, and uh, they... <laughs> They just they Frankenstein their car and they are absurd. <laughs> but I don't know if you want to do that, man. You you know you're gonna be messing with. But you know it's got three hundred thousand kilometers, man. Just keep on enjoying it. Don't don't change the winning hand. You know what I'm saying? I agree. It's just a dream. But uh, strangely, the quality of this car. Uh, you know there are a lot of detractors at the outset. They said, "Well, here goes for it again." No, I don't, um, you know, like I said to you before, we always rag on, on Fiat and whatnot, but uh, the truth is that nobody really makes a bad car. It's just, there are some cars that are just ugly. <laughs> like, look, let me, give, let me give you an example, okay? Um, the, uh, the Fiat uh, 500 or 600, whatever they call them now, that, that thing is so hideous. I don't know why they sell it. It's one of the ugliest vehicles that has ever been produced. I'm not saying that it's a bad car. I'm not saying it's a good car. I don't know. I've never driven one. But they are hideous. Uh, incidentally, I'm I'm flying to Europe in a, in a little while, and I was looking at renting a Fiat 500 convertible. 
uh, because it's so absurd. That's the reason why I wanted to rent it, but I, I, I couldn't find one. Another car that uh, is hideous, and as much as I love this brand, because as everybody knows here, I have uh, a deep-rooted love affair with Hyundai and Genesis. The venue, the venue is just hideous. I'm sure that it's a great car, but it's just Hideous, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You will always find somebody that has something to say about a specific brand. But the, the truth is this, man: when it comes to shapes, sizes, colors, power, configurations, it's so unbelievably subjective. The ultimate thing is that if you like it and if it's doing the job for you, who cares? You know what I'm saying, James? Yeah, for sure. And the funny part is, I get asked all the time about this car. Hey, did you have to import it? What is that thing? I've never seen that badge before. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you got to dedicate a couple hours a week to explaining people the, how the thing, you know, originated, built in Japan, Italian sheet metal, yada, yada. It's just a lot of fun. I love it. Anyways, drive safe, brother, and keep on putting kilometers on that thing. Thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Um, I wanted to talk uh, about leases uh, for the first hour, but I don't think that we are going to have the time to do so. We're going to have to break at the top of the hour. So... We can talk about something else for the next well, few minutes. Let's, let's, can we give a little tease about uh, about the topic for, about, next, for next show? About leasing? About leasing. A about little leasing. tease. Uh, a little tease. Okay. Um, for those of you that have been listening to the show for the last 13 or 14 years, however long as we've been on air, it's been, it's been a long time. Uh, you all know that there is, a, there is a trifecta of advice that I tell you that the absolute three worst ways to buy a vehicle are the following. Um, You never, ever, ever, ever buy a lease at the end of the term. You just don't do that. Number two, you never use your line of credit to pay for a depreciating asset. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. You are putting a depreciating asset and probably the only asset that many of you people have, if you have some equity in your house, is great and people are borrowing money like crazy against this equity. And the last one, which is the number one worst way of buying a vehicle, is paying cash for it. You do not use liquid to buy a depreciating asset, and in this case would be the highest depreciating asset on the face of the planet. The only thing that depreciates faster than a car are probably cell phones or cryptocurrency. <laughs> Is there any situation in which someone should just buy a car outright with, with, like, with cash? No. Okay. No, but- uh, I disagree with it 100%. Why? Because, look, it doesn't matter how much you pay me for the vehicle, whether you pay me $10,000 or you pay me $100,000. The moment that you give me the money for the vehicle, by the time you make it home, you cannot come back and sell it to me for $100,000 or $10,000. You can't. You will lose 5 10 20, 30, 40% of the value of the vehicle the moment that you leave the store. So why would you ever want to do that? And people say, oh, well, I don't want to pay interest. That's the way people sound. Eh? Uh, I don't want to pay interest. Well, you don't want to pay 7% interest, but you're okay with losing 20%. How does that work, people? 
We have a phone call here. Who yeah. do we have on the line? We have uh, we have your guy Frank. Fra- Frankie Frank. What's happening, Frank? Thank you for calling the Carrasco Show, Frankie. How's it going? I love you, man. I was, uh, I've mentioned this a few times. My daughter, she uh, she went ahead <laughs> and uh, and uh, and leased a, a BMW X3, and now after four years, I can't believe it. Uh, you know, she was twenty three. Now she's twenty seven. And uh, she insists on buying back the uh, the BMW X3. She's been paying like eight fifty a month. I said, uh, Greg always says never buy the the car back. No, I want to buy it back because it's only twenty seven thousand to buy <laughs> that car. Okay, it, it's nice, but it's uh, when when the thing uh, starts to happen with it. It's going to be a disaster, even though I'm a mechanic. You know, I'm her father. And um, I, I, I keep telling her, try to give her good advice, like Greg Carrasco. Okay, so let me let me ask you something. Hold on, hold on. What year is the, uh, is the BMW? It's a 2019 X3. 2019 X3. Let me see here. Hold on a second. Hold she on. bought it from Marinello Motors. How many kilometers you have in it? It's got uh, right now uh, uh, sixty-seven thousand kilometers. She doesn't drive too much. Sixty-seven thousand. You know, uh, sixty-seven thousand. Hold on a second. I'm trying to put this and thing. And she uh, she loves it. She loves it. And uh, she's going to buy it back. It's going to be. She's been paying four years. Uh, eight, around eight fifty a month, including that that bra- uh, curb rash insurance. You know the rims and all that stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, that's and, the uh, uh, she, that is the uh, the lease and protection package that everybody should have. I'm telling you, everybody should have that uh, the warranty at the end of a lease. You know, for some reason, my computer cannot connect to the uh, internet here. Uh, let me see if I can find a way to do so you know listen and this, this is what you know uh, talking about that greg i could not listen to you last week uh the reception i i couldn't get it i i thought what happened Where, where's where's greg and now today it works very well oh well, you see i don't know man you know uh, the actual reception on the radio I think that uh, the communist gremlins are, are always attacking our airways and uh, you know reducing the quality of the uh, of the signal. But you know, oh, let I, me, I, uh, Frank, uh, do me a I, favor. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Frank, yeah. do me a favor. Hold on a second. Do me a favor. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break for the uh, uh, for the top of the hour. I'm gonna try to reboot my computer here, and uh, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about leases because there is a very interesting phenomena that's taking place right now with leases that were done four years ago and for the first time ever in my career 30 years in the car industry it it doesn't always ring true that you shouldn't buy the vehicle at the end of the lease and that's a big deal 
because whenever Carrasco changes his mind, it, it's something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. So, you know, Frank, just, you, you know, hang on, hang up the phone, Frank, because we need to go for a break and just stay tuned. I have the parameters here. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. The best phone call of the day. We're giving away two years worth of free oil changes, courtesy of Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity. The number to call is 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Call Call me, get it off your chest. We'll be right back. Through my complete baseball in and a king size tub big enough for 10 plus me. I'll need a credit card that's got no limit and a big black chair with a bedroom in it. Gonna join the mile. Hey, what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso show. Check him out, Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn, he's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk, shooting facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining, turn up the station. There's no more waiting, this show is beginning. It's too late to escape, let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. And we're back, folks. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show for the better part of the last seven or eight years. We've been on air for 13 or so. And uh, we are also the largest radio show in Canada on weekends. What? Yes, people do tune in. And uh, although over the last few years, we have sort of slowly moved away from talking strictly cars, uh, people who have car questions will always take precedent over any other topic that we have here on the show. This morning, I wanted to take a little bit of a dive into the the car industry today and and car buying or car leasing decisions that people are making today in this environment, because this environment is not normal. Um, as you all know, uh, if you, in case you haven't lived under a rock for the last three years, um, the government shut us down. They told us that something was happening, and whether it was happening or not, that's something that you need to decide. And uh, that created a very, very unusual environment for people driving patterns. Driving patterns changed. A lot of people don't even go to work anymore. They just work from home. So there was a lot of vehicles that were sold in the year 2018, 2019, and in the early stages of the year 2020, in which... People were still buying 20, 24, 30, 35,000 kilometer a year leases that were never used. So let me explain. I'm not going to 
mansplain it. <laughs> I want to try to explain this in a way that makes sense to to the common folk. Um, as to the dynamic of, of a lease. So, I don't like leasing vehicles. I never have. Uh, especially uh, uh, from an individual perspective. If you have a business, and there is a business case for leasing, and I understand that. Uh, and uh, there are many businesses that will do it uh, simply because they don't want to have uh, an all asset. And you, since you can write it off, for the most part, you know, I understand that. Although... It works out to be the same thing at the end. If you look at it from, from a financial standpoint, they're both very, very similar. Uh, from, but from an individual standpoint, I, I don't think it's a great idea. Saying that, um, the, the, the residual value of the vehicle. So in other words, what the vehicle is worth or what you need to pay at the end of a lease, um, Two things are the deciding factor. Number one is that how many kilometers you're going to have on this vehicle. So the higher the kilometers you put in that vehicle, the less the vehicle is going to be worth. So when the vehicle comes back at the end of a lease, there's a bunch of factors that they need, you need to take into consideration. Is the vehicle worth what you owe in it if you choose to buy it? So if the vehicle's buyback, for example, in this case, Frank's daughter is... um uh, the buyback is $27,000, okay? So that's what the information that Frank gave us. The vehicle's buyback is $27,000 plus safety certification and taxes because you never pay taxes on the buyback on a lease, okay? So you only pay the HST on that vehicle when you buy the vehicle at the end. Other than that, you pay your payments, uh, the HST only on your payments. Yes, Jacob? Okay, you good? Okay. So... If the vehicle uh, was supposed to come back to the manufacturer with 96,000 kilometers, we don't have Frank on the line still, do we? We do? Hey, Frank, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I'm thank you. Here, yeah, thank you for holding. So uh, hold I mean, on. Uh, Greg. Greg. So if the vehicle was supposed to come back to the manufa- uh, to the uh, to the manufacturer with ninety six thousand kilometers, because the standard lease kilometer allowance is twenty four thousand kilometers a year, so times four is ninety six thousand kilometers. So on that basis, uh, if the vehicle only has sixty some odd thousand kilometers, now you have a delta of what the kilometer allowance was of ninety some odd thousand kilometers, and what the vehicle has, which is sixty some odd thousand kilometers. So the buyback was calculated on you bringing the vehicle back with ninety some odd thousand kilometers. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. With that amount of normal kilometer usage uh, per. Or uh, consumption per year. Yes. So now, because uh, I don't know what your daughter does, nor it matters for the purpose of this conversation, the vehicle now has a significant amount of kilometers less than what she was supposed to. So now, a couple of things happen. Number one is that um, the vehicle now is worth a little bit more because it's got less kilometers. So the first factor that I take into consideration is the following. What is the average market price for this vehicle in the marketplace right now? So I did this analysis for you, uh, Frank, while um, while we went to commercials. And the, yeah, average, thank you. the average asking price for like this... Frank, let me tell you, man. Don't keep interrupting me. Come on, man. Um, so... Okay, the, so- <laughs> he did it again. 
So the average asking price for a vehicle that resembles the the model that you just described to me that your daughter has is about $38,000. That's the asking price. Okay, so the asking price. Her buyback is $27,000. So let's say that there is an $11,000 delta between the two, between what the... She can buy the vehicle for and what they're asking for in the open market. Okay, so now we're going to do a little bit of math on this. So let's say for for the purpose of simplifying the exercise that the average asking price is 37000 and she has to buy it for 27000 So now, most dealerships will try to keep on that car maybe 10% profit margin so that's $3000 okay so now the their cost will be about $34000 $34000 includes the safety certification and advertising so for a safety and certification for a BMW with you know 67000 kilometers is probably going to cost you about 3000 maybe 3500 so now that brings your price down to maybe $31000 that they will give you on a trading basis Okay, so if they give you thirty to thirty-one thousand dollars, you are still ten percent better off if you buy that vehicle off at the end of your lease. So, in other words, I I've always told my customers or my listeners, for that matter, to never buy the vehicles at the end of the lease. But if your vehicle has an unusually low number of kilometers, there may be an exception to that rule. I went through the same exercise. Uh, Frank, you know, you can hang up now. Thank you so much for calling the show. And uh, I will continue to answer the question in relation to your daughter. And also, if you have... A question, a car question related to leasing and buybacks and whatnot, call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The phone lines are open. We're live. So I went through the same exercise with another uh, lady who was a mom of a friend of mine, and uh, she had the same situation with a Volvo XC70. The Volvo XC70, the buyback, I believe, was $50,000. And uh, even though it had only 30,000 kilometers on it, because in her business, her business just shut down for the last three years, essentially. So she, she never went anywhere. Um, now, her buyback should have reflected that. But unfortunately, the depreciation on that Volvo was so great that even though the vehicle had a fraction of the kilometers that she should have had, the vehicle was still worth less than the buyback. So on that basis, you just give it back. There is no point in buying the vehicle. It doesn't matter that it has low kilometers. Because if you don't give it back, you are going to be paying five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars more than that vehicle is actually worth. So in that case, you give it back and you get yourself a new vehicle. Now, the only caveat is this, that the interest rates that you were paying three, four years ago are not the same that you're paying today. So you will never be able to achieve the payments that you had four years ago. You have to remember this, folks. That at some point, the brain child, the, the brainiacs of the car industry decided that in order for them to grow market share, they had to incentivize you to the point that the consumer became spoiled. The consumer at one point thought that 0% financing actually existed. They actually thought this. And we, they would come into the store and we would tell them, oh, you know, the interest rate is, is 1.9. And they would say, you, what? How dare you? 
charge me that much interest rate. 1.9 is ludicrous. Where is my 0%? Today, we are lucky to get less than 7.9% on a finance or a lease at any car manufacturer. I'm not joking on this, folks. So your payments will go up significantly, even if you buy the same car, same brand, same kilometers, same features, same model, same everything. Even with the same discount that you won't get because there is no such a thing as discounts anymore in the car industry, you are still going to pay a significant amount of money premium simply because of our best friend and my favorite dictator, Mr. Justin Trudeau. Yes, sir. I don't know if we're going to if this makes sense to have this discussion now, but at some point I would like to get your thoughts on rideshare programs. Like, I don't know if you in, in B.C., they have it's I, I think it's called a Evo or Eco, and it's an app. I think it's by the government where there's all across B.C., mostly in the Vancouver area. There's all of these uh, Toyotas. It's all the same car There's all these Toyotas that if you want to drive one, OK, you pay per minute. You you log onto the app, you pick a car that's nearby you and you drive it for 10 minutes and you pay per minute and then you drop it off and then the next person picks it up. So it's sort of like Tinder for cars. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's one way to put it, but okay. It's, that's exactly what it is. That's what people do to each other these days. You find yourself on an app. <laughs> you can use this person for a few hours, and then you okay. just put it back for the next person to use it. Okay. Yes. Do okay. I have so a point you, or do I have a point? No, you have a point. So okay. You're, you're not a fan. But in, uh, in, in, a, in a city, in a big metropolitan where, let's say I live in downtown Toronto and you know, parking, it's a mess down there. Parking is, is driving downtown, parking, it's not fun. Does that not seem to make sense? Like if you just need somewhere to go for a 15-minute drive and, it, you, and you only pay a couple bucks? I, I guess. I, I guess. I've never been in that situation before, so I couldn't give you my uh, anecdotal experience on that. I, I just, I cannot, I cannot conceive of a life without having immediate transportation available to me. But it is it is available to you. Because no, because you still need to go to the app. You still need to find a place that is near you. You still need to see if, if the vehicle is available. You still need to do all those things. Whereas I just grab my keys, I go downstairs, and off I go. There is, look, two types of people when it comes to cars. Some people spend all the time in the world to save money. And some other people will spend all the money in the world to save time. You need to decide which one you are. And on that basis, you make the decisions that are best suited to you and to your lifestyle. I, I Look, ride sharing is fantastic. Look, man, whenever I go out with my buddies down, which I don't do very often because I don't have a lot of friends. I only have like three friends or something. That's it. You know, the older you get, the smaller your circle becomes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, these people are, I, I, any one of these guys, I, you know, three or four of them, I can just pick up the phone at three o'clock in the morning in Bangkok and say, I'm in jail, fly out, come and get me. And they will show up. And I am that person for them as well. If you, um, 
If you have a question about cars and, and, and the conversation that we're having right now, call me, 289-275-9600. It's the phone number, 289-275-9600. It's the phone number. We're going to give away two years' worth of oil changes to the best phone call of the day, courtesy of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, which is where I live. We have another phone call here. Who do we have on the line? We have John from Burlington. John from Burlington. Thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Well, good morning, and thank you. I don't know whether you remember or not, but some time ago I called in to mention about my vehicle, and uh, I said, uh, my wife, every time I mentioned something about a car, my wife came up with the answer, and I said, how do you know all this? She said, oh, I listen to the Greg Carrasco I, I, rem- every- I remember you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a 204 uh, Lexus RX350, and I was having problems. I, if I was merging on the highway and he kicked it down, it would cut out and lose power. And the engine light went on. So I was concerned whether I should uh, I, uh, to take it. I took it to the to a dealer and uh, they checked it out and told me that I, it's gonna be $3,200 uh, to fix it. And uh, we decided, well, you know, it only had 221,000 kilometers on it. Don't drive it that much. And uh, so he, we, he said it was a good car. Otherwise, uh, you'd scrap it. But it was a good car, so go ahead and get it fixed. So I did, which was fine. And uh, now it's been about almost, uh, almost two years. And I was pulling on the highway a, a week ago. Did the same thing. It's the only time I ever used a passing gear. I pushed it down to merge. Same thing happened. So I took it to the dealer and they said, well, they took it out and they said, yeah, I'm the engine light flipped on and off. So uh, they, I said, I'll leave it with you. And they said, well, it'd be $180 to uh, inspect it to a technical. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's go. Because it's still, actually, it was still under warranty. So they came back and said, uh, it uh, needs a new transmission. It's $12,000, $11,000. Ouch. And I'm saying, wait a minute. I'm saying, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's slow down here. It's doing the same, absolutely, to the, the same thing. Well, uh, we did a diagnostic on it, and uh, it uh, required a new transmission. And it might need more parts. Okay, so, so well, thank you so much for trusting me. And uh, there is a lot of meat on this uh, on this phone call. So, um, a couple of questions. You said that the vehicle is a 2004 Lexus RX 330, correct? 350. I uh, guess 330, I'm sorry. It's 330, so it's a 2004, correct? Yes. Okay, and it's got 200,000 kilometers. 230. 230,000. Let me just correct this here. Do, 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 do. I'm going to try to help you here, John. Oh, thank you. Uh, let me see here. Well, look at it this way. Um, I, I did a search for the car right now uh, to see if there is anything available out for sale. Um, and uh, within a 50-kilometer radius, it only gave me one... Uh, all right. So now, if I go across the country, 
There are five vehicles that are identical to yours, Lexus RX 330, 2004, and the kilometers vary from 160 to 286. The, um, the, they are all asking roughly the same amount of money, which is $7,900. That is what they're asking for these things. Now, I want you to look at it this way. It doesn't matter how good the vehicle is, John. At some point, you're going to reach the life of a, mecha- of, of a tool, of a, of, of a car in which it's no longer feasible or financially smart to keep the vehicle alive. At some point, you're going to have to say, my baby's given me enough time. It's time to move on. And I believe that this is the the point that you've reached. Now, in all fairness to the 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 2004 Lexus RX 330, that vehicle has cost you virtually nothing, John, because it's, it's almost 20 years old. No, I, I, I have no complaints with that whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's been amazing. I, I, and I, it's great. Uh, I have, we have three Lexus. We have one in, in the States and we have uh, uh, a 218 here yeah. uh, with this 204. I mean, we've, we've been devout customers. But my concern is that they corrected the problem. And exactly the same problem happened. Well, is, this is, a, you know, p- from a, sorry to interrupt you now, is this at a Lexus no. dealership? Yes. Okay, so you, you have to remember a couple of things that there, sometimes, sometimes the same problem that may appear to you does not have the same error code into the tele, in, into the computer system for the service department. So some things, you know, you can skip a gear and that it will show that will show the same thing as um, the transmission needed to be replaced. Or I, I think that there is a better way that I may be able to explain that to you. I, it, that escapes me at this point. But just because it felt the same way to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was the same problem that you had two, one or two years ago. Now, the question that I had for you is that why are you putting a passing gear? There is, is, is completely unnecessary to, to downshift mid, uh, mid drive onto a passing gear just to pass around. That vehicle has plenty of power just to leave it on drive and just keep on going. So is that what you needed to I do? Would use, I would use it twice a year and it was just because I was merging and had to get going. And that's the only reason I, I, I use it. I never use it. Yeah, no, it, I don't think that you ever need to use it. Uh, you know, you have that one and two, right? You have drive one and two. Is that what uh, you're talking about, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, it's very difficult to, to diagnose this over the over the phone lines, but what I can tell you yeah. is this: yeah. that if if this is a recurring problem, uh, the fact that you got another year since last time they checked, uh, you count that as a blessing. Uh, I would probably just continue to drive it until it literally just croaks because it's after twenty years. I don't think I don't think that you want to change that transmission. Now, don't put yourself in harm's way. Of course, saying that no. uh, if if this only happens uh, sporadically and it's not a common or regular problem, I will just continue to drive the car until it literally you can't drive it anymore. That's what I would do. Right. Okay. Well, that's superb, and I will. And as I said before. I, I use that passing gear. I've used it maybe twice in a year. Well, I never, you know, I just so I don't need to use it. 
Yeah, I, so, I would I okay. would advise against it. I, I I have never used it, and I drive yeah. some pretty nice cars. I've never used the passing gear. It's unnecessary. Just step on the gas a little harder, <laughs> then the car will go. It will yeah. downshift automatically. But thank you so much for the phone call, John. I really appreciate it, and hopefully my advice uh, you know serve you somehow, folks. The phone lines are open. If you have any car questions, call me two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. We are dissecting. And why is it that all of a sudden it may not be a bad idea to buy your lease at the end of the term? What? Yes, I'm changing my mind. A miracle is happening. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. What's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here. And you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. Mike Robitaille here, and I'm just your basic, mediocre, former NHL player. And speaking of mediocre, here he is. The Greg Carrasco Show. You know, this 30-second uh, this uh, playing the song nonsense is really getting, you know, it gets in my nerves. I, I know that we have to do it, but uh, there are some songs that are so unbelievably awesome that you just want to keep on playing them, and we're not allowed to. So, folks, we, uh, if I cut the songs before you can get into them, I apologize. This is your, um, this is the Canadian government telling you that you can only play X <laughs> number of seconds. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Who do we have on the line? Oh, by the way, the phone lines are open, folks. So if you have any car questions, call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Slackers are out. And they're calling. And the best phone call of the day is when I get two years worth of oil changes, courtesy of Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. And you may get the chance to see me. I decided that uh, when you come and see me, don't bring me anything. Uh, don't bring me a coffee. What happened to the coffee? Um... You know, there were some days that I would have five, six coffees coffees lined up. Got it. What about and, flowers? Um, People should bring you flowers. How about that? No, no, no. You know, we don't we don't cut the things that we love. Mm. You know, you you admire them, you water them, you don't cut them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, I don't want you to bring me flowers either. <laughs> what can you bring me? I don't know. Nothing, Steaks. man. No, 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 that's, no, sorry, man, that's a no, no, <laughs> uh, although that's all I eat, uh, no, don't bring me steaks, I do not, so who do we have on the line, Tony? Yeah, we have Tony. You know, uh, there was another phone call earlier that uh, by a guy named from Will, and he hung up, right? Will, call back, man, don't be a loser, call me back. Tony, how can I make your life better this morning? Bon dia, senor Greg. Uh, I'm calling in about a lease. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of Portuguese friends. Uh, um, it's a, a 2019 Sprinter. 2,500. Okay. You still there, bud? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's got 165,000 clicks. And it is... Uh, the It ends in uh, April of next year. So what do you think? Give me your opinion on it. Okay, so let me understand this. Um, how many kilometers do you have in it? 
It's 165,000. 165,000, 2019, correct? Correct. 2,500. And uh, hold on a second, Sprinter. Let me see who makes that thing. Mercedes. Mercedes. Let me see what Mercedes had to say about this. Uh, we're going to try to do this together. Um, you caught me by surprise here. I wish I would have known that we're doing an appraisal, but uh, let me see. Sprinter <laughs> 2500, right? Correct. Uh, and uh, what and is it? The, uh, the cargo 144, 170, uh, what is it? Passenger? It is 170, the, longer, well, the longest one, 170 or 177, whatever. Um, 170 wheelbase. And is it cargo yeah. or crew? It is car uh, cargo. All right, let's see here. Hold on a second. And my my buyback at the end of it, if I do it today, for example, would be eleven thousand. Just so you have an idea. Hold on a second. Let me see here. Do 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 do. There is nothing sh showing, dude. There is nothing showing in the system. I don't see anything here. Let me see. Uh. I'm not going to bore the listeners with this, but let's see. 11,000? You're correct. Let me see. 11,000. No, there is nothing shown in the system. I would have to do a little bit more research on this for you. And because I don't, I don't like to give advice when I don't have the actual stats in front of me. Um, why don't you do this for me? Um, just send, you know, send me the details of, of your vehicle on, on a text. I'll give you my, uh, my personal phone number, 905-467-0727. That's my home phone number, dude. Uh, you know, this is how crazy we are here. Say it again, 905-467-0727. So text me, uh, send me the details, and then I will, uh, I will do a little research research when I get to the office and then I'll tell you whether it's a good idea to keep it or to dump it you know what I'm saying awesome thank you very much no problem I appreciate it no problem buddy uh, you see yes Jacob I just have a question yeah, man. so you said that it was your home number and yeah. you said to text you yeah so do you not have a landline I don't okay. I, ha I haven't had a landline in 17 years. See, I think my family still has a landline. I think we're like the only people that, 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 that still do. I don't know anyone else with the landline at this point. Yeah, I, uh, you see, I, I decided that home was wherever I was. <laughs> so well, that makes sense. Um, it, it doesn't get any more personal than my my cell phone. I'm that thing is with me at all times, twenty four seven. So uh, giving somebody your home phone number when you're never there because you're always at work or doing something else, it doesn't make any sense, F folks. If you have any questions about cars, leasing, financing, used vehicles, it doesn't matter. Call me. I am. I'm giving the best advice this morning. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Who do we have on the line, uh, Jacob? We have Mike, and Mike is calling about his 2019 Subaru Forester. Uh, Mike, what? how is it going, man? How can I help you? Good. Uh, hope you're doing well. I, question. I've got a 2019 Subaru Forester Sport. Okay. I've got 61,000 kilometers. My lease is up in two months, and my lease was only 16,000 kilometers a year. Yeah. And my buyback is my buyback is 16,000. Okay, so this is a 2.5 I Limited or Touring? Uh, it's a Subaru Forester Sport. I know. So it's a Forester Sport, but is it the 2.5? Is it 2.5 Limited or the 2.5 Touring? Because there are three models within it. No. No, for that year, there's actually five models, and the middle model is actually called the Subaru Forester Sport. Interesting. 
because none, according to the system, the vehicle that you're describing doesn't exist. Uh, it only shows three models within it. And this is, you got to remember that what I tap into is the entire uh, database of the universe. So every single vehicle that is listed in Canada from every manufacturer in every platform, I have it available to me right now. So those okay. are... Uh, I'm going to use, for the purpose of okay. this, I'm going to use the base model, okay? Because that's the worst-case scenario. So if the worst-case scenario is still favorable, I will do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay, so now, uh, how many kilometers do you have in this beast? 61. 61,000 kilometers. All right, let's see here. I'm liking this. I'm liking this a lot. Uh, let me see if I appraise this vehicle at $20,000. Um oh dude man yeah this this thing is a uh, you you keep it absolutely you keep it so i i did my um, my numbers here and if it was a base model which is it sounds like it's not if it was a base model the average asking price in the marketplace right now is 28,900 so that's 29,000 so they're asking for it now let's say that all those cars are inflated by $2,000 so it brings it down to $27,000 you have an $11,000 positive delta between what you have to pay subaru and what you can actually sell a retail for i would buy that all day long all day long don't awesome. don't, e don't even need don't even think about it so just make sure that you do the safety and certification at the local subaru store um because a lot of people make the mistake of taking the vehicle to somewhere other than the dealer of the brand that you're buying getting the safety and, and getting it done at the dealership and if if the general manager of that store uh, knows what he's doing they will never accept somebody else's safety it's not a good idea so do the safety and certification and actually buy it uh, it's, it's, that is a good retention man okay last question can I get it certified at any Subaru dealership or the dealership where I lease it from you, you should be able to get it certified at any Subaru dealer and also you can buy it at any Subaru dealer but you need to transfer the file. Right. It's the same thing with Nissan. For example, if you know if somebody bought the vehicle from us, but they moved to Thunder Bay, they can transfer the lease file to Thunder Bay, and then they can buy it through there. But you need to transfer the lease. You cannot buy a vehicle whose lease, uh, which lease hasn't been transferred to the dealer that you're buying it from. Okay, awesome. Okay, uh, that's that's the uh, information awesome. that I gave you. Uh, help you at all? Oh yeah. Well, I was. 90% sure I was going to buy it back anyways, but I just wanted your opinion. Now you are 100% sure. You see, this is how I make you money and save you money and save you headaches. Thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Man, this is a, it's an interesting show today, Jacob, because as much as I don't like talking about cars, I know cars most. I know my business best. And uh, when it comes to giving you proper information on this, this is the sort of stuff that no one will tell you. Because if you go to your local dealer, the dealer is going to say, ah, you know, maybe you have enough money to pay for the, the buyback. But, you know, we can try to sell you something and try to put you into something new. When the reality is this, the vehicle only has 60,000 kilometers. So you are literally driving 15,000 kilometers a year. If you have that car for another four years, which is eight years in total. The car is only going to have 120,000 kilometers. That vehicle is still new, man. I'm sorry, especially on a Subaru. That vehicle is still new. There is no need. There is no need for you to be actually buying a brand new car unless, unless your personality, 
unless your lifestyle is defined by you having a brand new car every two or three years, which it shouldn't matter, folks. The more money you spend in your car, the less money you have in your bank account. The more money you spend in the car, the less money you have in your bank account. Yeah, it's the same thing with a purse. But you get to flex on on the on all the haters. No, to flex on all on all the people that uh, that have the money in the bank account. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. you know. Uh, driving a nice car brings a lot of unwanted attention. A lot of unwanted attention. It does. You see, I I have a G wagon. That's 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 my poison. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my poison. So are you one of those people, because you, you do get looks, are you one of those people who likes when people look at you in your car and it's like, hey, this is cool, everyone's looking at me, or eh, I'd rather I'd rather not? Let me put it to you this way. If you can see anything through those um, Carrasco-style tinted windows in my vehicle, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. You can't see anything. This black right out is limo tinting. I don't want anybody to have any access to any of my business inside my car, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, folks, the phone lines are open, and uh, so is my brain. I am spreading the Carrasco automotive gospel throughout the GTA in Canada. And if you have something that you always wanted to know about your vehicle, you need to call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. There is where I live right now. Let's go for a short break. We'll be right back. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy... My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! And we're back. If you're just tuning in, folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show... 13 years and counting, Canada's largest automotive radio show. So if you ever wonder anything about the car industry, about your car, don't talk to me about mechanics. So I don't, I don't have a single mechanical bone in my body. I don't, I don't know. If you have a warning light, ah, ah yeah. <laughs> For that, I have people. <laughs> what I do here is a little bit different. I... I talk about the, the philosophies of buying a car or selling a car or leasing a car and or trading in a vehicle. That's what we discussed. I can help you decide between one car and the other with ruthless, ruthless opinions because nobody's safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. <laughs> Isn't that a song? Yeah, I think so. I was about to ask. I, I, can't, pick, I can't put my, my thumb on it. You punch it in. You get the clean version. It ain't safe. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, 
Anyways, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We're going to go back to my buddy Frank. Whenever Frank calls me, I always have this feeling. (laughs) I don't know which version of Frank I'm going to get. (laughs) This morning, Frank was, uh, was good. So... His daughter, uh, the person who he has no control over because she still ended up buying a BMW X3 four years ago against my better advice. But anyways, so after my uh, careful deliberation, calculations and assessment, I've come to the conclusion that uh, Frank's daughter should be buying the vehicle at the end of the lease. I think that that is a good and sound financial decision. Now, I would not use your line of credit. I would not use Papa's bank. So, Frank, don't pay for your daughter's car. Let her pay for it. Saying that, I think she should still buy it. And no, you shouldn't be doing the safety, Frank. You're retired now. You don't know. Do we have Frank on the line there still? Frank, did you hear what I just said about uh, your daughter and her vehicle? Frank? I think the Frank fell asleep. Frank, are you there? I think the Frank has left us. Oh, boy. Anyways, going back to what I was saying earlier, Jacob, I, this, uh, this, is, um, this phenomenon uh, of leases being worth more than the buyback is something that I have never seen in my entire 30-year career. It's unbelievable. Um, a lot of people are making money at the end of the leases, and uh, they're using those monies to offset some of the uh, the APR or the or the interest rates that their dealership is charging them in the new vehicle, and that is somehow softening the blow of the payments of the new vehicle that they're trying to buy. So I, I would I would take that into consideration. But before you do anything, uh, before you trade in the vehicle, before you go and, uh, and try to put a deal together without having all the information available to you, uh, I think it's imperative that you do a little tiny bit of um, digging. I wouldn't say research because most of us don't know how to do proper research. So it's not research. Do a little digging, if you know what I'm saying. Do a little reading, if you know what I'm saying. Or you can do what everybody else does. They come and see me at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity, and I provide this service for free for you folks. If you ever want to get an honest, impartial uh, valuation on your trade-in, bring it to me. We'll appraise it for you, and I won't charge you anything. We will give you the uh, market report. We will give you everything that you need to know, and we'll even give you a price. We'll even give you a price, and you know you don't have to buy a vehicle from us in order for us to give you that price, because that's the number one tail sign that somebody's messing around with the trade value. Let me give you an example. If somebody gives you $20,000 for your trading, and you say to them the following sentence, this is a magical sentence. If I don't buy a vehicle from you, would you still buy for $20,000? It's a fair question, you think? So if you're giving me $20,000 for the trade... And I don't buy the vehicle from you. I choose to buy it at, uh, you know, Greg's place. Would you still give me $20,000? And if the answer to that is no, we will give you that price only if you buy a vehicle from us. You need to stand up, turn around without saying a word, not even buy, 
and walk out of that dealership because they're playing with you. And I don't like when people play with their customers. If the trade is worth what it's worth, regardless of what you're buying, when you're buying it, and how you're buying it, the, the, the value of your trading is not determined by the dealer, it's determined by the market. It's so difficult to make people understand this. If somebody says that they're giving you a significant amount of money more for your trading than the dealer down the street, they're messing with you. They're using profits from the new vehicle that you're buying and to inflate, to make you feel better. In other words, they're just, they're placating your feelings. They're appealing to your emotions to make you feel that you are actually getting more for a trade. And, but that's often not the case. I don't know of a single dealership, folks, unless they have a rookie used car manager that doesn't know what they're doing and they're just throwing money out the window and that person will be fired very soon. The vehicles are worth within hundreds of dollars of each other from dealer to dealer to dealer to dealer because all this information that I have available to me right now, right here on the show, is available to any self-respecting car professional in Canada. It's just that I choose to share it with you, and that is what gives you the competitive advantage. But if you are trading in a vehicle and you have that, you know, sometimes when they give you a number on the trade or you hear something from someone and you get this funny, weird feeling in your stomach. It's like, ah, yeah, I don't know. If you get that feeling in your gut, come and see me. And I will give you a market assessment so you can take that with you. And that is worth something because it's true data that I will be putting in your hands for you to be able to defend yourself against the foes of the car industry. Any thoughts on this, Jacob? No, I just think you're, you're, you're spitting truth. And I think you're doing a good service to people by offering your services like that. Now, I just want to figure out what people, cause it, you got to ask for something. I feel like people should bring you something and we should figure out if they're not going to bring you coffee. Uh, I don't know, a, a burger. <laughs> no, no, man. A teddy no. bear. You know, I actually, I have an idea. Um, if you come and see me and uh, you want to get an, an actual valuation on your trading that we will do for you for free, we are, we're going to put my my team to work for you and bring a donation to the local food bank, to me. Uh, we're going to start collecting food, non-perishables, and then we I'm going to... I want to bring a truckload of food to the local food bank. So bring it to Oakville, Nissan, and Oakville. You know, this is a good idea, man. I feel good right now. We are going to start a food drive, and I will decide where that uh, uh, all that food drive is going to go. But if you want to come down to get your vehicle appraised at no charge at Oakville, Nissan, and Oakville Infinity, bring us a small donation. Go into your cupboards, you know. You go in there and you find stuff that has been sitting there for a year untouched. It's got dust on the top. Everyone's got a can of lima beans sitting there. <laughs> I don't know. just never gotten to. I don't know how that's possible. How many people actually have cans of beans in their cupboards? What would drive you to buy that in the first place? I don't. I don't know, but we, we I think everyone has it. We have it. We have a few cans of beans that have been sitting there for one reason or another. Who eats never that stuff? To. Like canned beans. I, I well some my mom sometimes she'll make a bean salad. 
so she usually keeps some beans on hand in case, but she hasn't made one for a while. I, what I do see is pasta. You know, there's a lot of pasta that people hold hostage. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not from here, so you don't find mac and cheese in my cupboard. No KD. <laughs> no KD, oh, sir. KDs, I'm KDs, sorry, man. Sir. I, 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 at one point in my life, I was married to someone that uh, uh, would leave the powder and the macaroni and cheese sitting outside for after you know, me working 13 hours. It's like cook it yourself. It's like what. <laughs> That was a former existence. She would get you to cook KD. Yeah, my own KD. No, man. I had a friend who couldn't. (laughs) We were in high school. We were like we were like sixteen, and we were studying for uh, a test we had the next day. And his mom was like, "Okay, just there's there's craft dinner. You can make it yourself." And he had no idea how to make it. And I'm staring at him like, dude. No, it's not that pasta. it's not that she didn't want to that she didn't know how to make it. It's just that she wouldn't. No, I know. Though that's a different argument. I'm just saying it amazed me how I was friends with this one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since we were like five years old, and he was sixteen. He has no idea how to make craft dinner. Well, that's a failure of his parents. His parents suck. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever your friend is, his parents did a terrible, terrible job. If you don't know how to sew a button, okay? If you don't know how to cook yourself a meal, if you don't know how to make your bed properly, if you don't know how to iron a shirt, like a dress shirt, and you don't know how to do it, your parents need to fire themselves at your parents. They need to fire themselves. Folks, those are two hours of radio extravaganza. Next hour is the hour of the grievances. We will leave the phone lines open for you to complain and share with me whatever is on your mind, whatever is weighing you down because nobody listens to you. The number to call is 289-275-9600 is a phone number. 289-275-9600 is a phone number. The best phone call of the day is when I get two years worth of oil changes. Courtesy of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer. And you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air, Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Bell for the Phenom. Ready to strike. Let's go. It is time for Greg Carrasco.
we're back, folks. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show. We've been answering all sorts of questions this morning in relation to trading values, leasing vehicles, and then buying them at the end. The car industry is a fascinating industry. And there's always somebody that has a car question. So from time to time, we're going to go back to our roots and just tackle this head on. Uh, and uh, I'm super happy that slackers have decided to get out of bed early and start making some phone calls for a change. They're on the way to the cottage. <laughs> 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The phone lines are open. And the best phone call of the day is going to get us two sets, uh, two years worth of oil changes courtesy of Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. And as you all know, this last hour of the show is the hour of the grievances. You have something that you want to talk about. You have something on your chest that you feel the universe needs to hear it so you can get 80,000 people to listen to you complain about something. I'm your dude, man. I'm your man. Here's where you call me. Yes, Jacob. We had, I remember we talked about this off air a couple months ago. We need to start doing grievance of the week. The grievance of the week. Grievance of the week. Yeah, we talked about that and we never brought it to fruition, but we're going to do that. Grievance mm. of the week. I have a grievance for the week. Okay, let's hear it. I, um, you know, just like you, um, I didn't have time to watch it live, but uh, I saw some of the highlights of the town hall meeting at CNN with Donald Trump, and uh, I was physically unable to find the actual footage of the of the interview. It's like he's... No one can. He is, he's been shadow banned so aggressively that I cannot believe... I mean, actually, I can believe it because it's happening right now. But I don't understand how in today's world we can literally just make somebody disappear like this of that prominence. And uh, if that is not tampering with election results, I don't know what else is, man. But when when the, the share of the voice that somebody has is completely eliminated by the left-wing ideologies and removing somebody that is most likely going to be the next president of the United States. You don't have to like the guy, um, but you, you, you do know that um, it's important that all these people get a fair share of voice. You couldn't find it, could you? You can't. And it wasn't just me having this issue because I wanted to watch it and prepare in preparation for the show. And I was watching highlight videos and the comments section is filled with people. I can't find it anywhere. I can't find it anywhere. And you're right. It's it's uh, the 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 debate, not debate, but the discussion went so far in Trump's favor and the audience was so captivated by Trump. uh, It's like the media doesn't want people to be able to access this anymore. And even of all people, even Anderson Cooper, who works for CNN, he was also uh, throwing out the uh, the the thought process of, look, this is there's a good chance this guy is going to be the next president of the United States. We should everyone should be able to listen to what he has to say, no matter if you're left, if you're right, no matter who you believe Everyone should be able to at least listen to, to his thoughts and, and, and be able to understand uh, his point of view on a certain topic. I, I just think that uh, in, in all the things that um, – I mean, in, in all the clips that I saw, because right now the only thing you see are reactions to the, um, uh, to the interview because you can't find the interview. I, I, I feel that uh, 
the the left side of things, the liberals are up in arms and harshly criticizing CNN for having Donald Trump in there, uh, which I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if the man is bad for the country, the country needs to decide that by themselves, not by a TV network. I mean, the the job of a of a broadcasting company is just to provide a platform for the candidates to to push forward their platforms. You know, no pun intended there. Uh, and in this case, I, I do. I do understand why they've taken this down, because if anybody saw what I saw this week on the clips that I saw of the interview, that interviewer got annihilated by uh, Mr. Trump. The The truth is that the guy is a juggernaut of <laughs> of clips and jokes and, you know, even to the point that some of them are, you know... A lot of the things were not right. <laughs> you know, as much as I like him, I there was a lot of things that is like, oh, really? We should you you know we didn't have to, you didn't have to say this. Um, saying that, I still felt that uh, they made a terrible mistake by having somebody that inexperienced uh, interview what is probably the absolute best uh, performer that the Canadian, I mean, the the American U.S. Uh, presidential uh, candidates would have ever produced. Do you agree with that? Have you seen some of the clips? Oh, I have, yeah. Uh, and I think he's up there with uh, people like JFK. Clinton was up there in terms of how to just captivate an audience. The audience was, was, was fully uh, engaged. engaged with every single word that he was saying. And Which is, I felt that it was unusual because this was in a CNN town hall. It, it was almost peaceful to a degree. Not not the interactions between Trump and the interviewer, but between Trump and the crowd. People were just sitting there almost like a, a, a classroom listening. listening to a teacher. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you one thing, though. The man has got the finger on the pulse, dude. Uh, if the, You can say whatever you want about him, but... Uh, it, they will they will never put Joe Biden and Donald Trump in the same room again on a debate because well they might have to no but they I, might have to uh, I don't, if they if they're both if 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 they both get represented to be the leaders of their parties it's going to happen i don't see that happening i mean i i don't know if i'm being fed different news than you are being fed but uh Joe Biden is done. Like, I mean, he is Cena. He's, there is not a cohesive thought that comes out of that guy's mouth. And, and Kamala, Kamala is just an embarrassment. I mean, if that's the best, uh, if that's the best that the Democratic Party can, could produce in the United States, they're in trouble. They're in deep, deep, deep trouble. And I don't think that, uh, any one of those two, even Together, they could come close to the the massacre that would be to put Joe Biden against Donald Trump on a televised debate. So, since I'm a I'm a betting man, I bet on sports. A lot of books and most books actually have uh, they they offer you can bet on politics. You can, and yeah, you oh you can you can bet on anything these days. As of right now, Joe Biden is the overwhelming favorite to once again lead the Democrats. And uh, in terms of winning the election, it's also, yeah, Biden's the favorite to, to win the election. To win the election, win the election again? Right, yeah. I don't know how that's possible, man. I, I really don't know how. So so Donald Trump right now is the underdog. That's what you're telling me. He is. Yes, he is. Give me, let me put in percentage. Give me a second. This is crazy to me. I don't know. 
I, I often wonder if whether what I see on my news feed is the same as everybody else is seeing. I, I, I wonder that all the time. So it's around a, four, uh, a 40% chance that Biden wins and a uh, 25% chance that Trump. Now, keep in mind, this isn't like polling numbers. This is just uh, Vegas odds, which you got to take it with a grain of salt. But, uh, you know, sports books aren't wrong about these kinds of things because they stand to lose too much money if they are. Yeah. They wouldn't offer these markets. You couldn't bet on these markets. So let me ask you, if I it. put $1,000 that... That Trump is going to win in the next election, how much would I get back? You would get two thousand four hundred. Wow, that's a way to double your money. Yeah, <laughs> that would be an interesting. I I don't bet at all. Like I don't. I do not gamble. But uh, I never knew that you can actually gamble in politics. Oh yeah, you could. You could bet on it. You could bet on reality TV. You can, any, give me a sport and you can bet on it. Well, you know, you think that I, I feel different about gambling because uh, Canadians have been gambling with uh, Justin Trudeau for the last <laughs> seven or eight years. And they gamble with it every time, and I still don't understand why he, the guy is still in power. But uh, I, I don't know if that's a bad – I don't know if, if why anybody would ever want to take that bet against Trump. I don't, I don't see that. But uh, what, what were your thoughts on, uh, on the clips that you saw? Well uh... – Again, I, 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 there were things out there that he said that I agreed with. I didn't really like how he handled the Eugene Carroll situation. Um, I don't know the nitty gritty details of the case, but I think when, when you get accused of uh, any kind of sexual misbehavior, I think to go onto a TV show and, and essentially make fun of the person, the, the victim in, in question, uh, I think is immature and inappropriate. Um, well, look, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I see what you're saying, but if somebody is accusing me of a heinous crime, don't I have the, the right to defend myself in the most appropriate way? But I don't think he handled it appropriately. I mean, he was. But I mean, appropriately is subjective, no? Sh- sure. He, he, what did he say? Hanky panky is the word. He, he called her. He called her. Uh, what was the? I, can't, I, I, can't I don't remember. know. I, I don't he, know. He called her like weird or something, and was basically implied. Well, why would anyone want to 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 get to get with that that person? I just think that's the kind of thing that's better left not off air, but just just handle that on your own. Don't, I, don't go throwing. These you know, kind of I'll give you an you. example. I was watching an interview. Uh, I don't know if you know who Douglas Murray is. No. Uh, he's an author. He's a political commentator. He's from, from England. And uh, he went on an interview. And the uh, right off the bat, the guy that he was debating against um, called him um, a homophobic racist. Like immediately call him that. And um, in Douglas Murray, and I'm paraphrasing here, he immediately went and uh, said, uh, so just like you are a pedophile. And the, the man became irate. So how, can, how dare you calling me a pedophile? He says, well, since we are in the game of calling each other things that are not true, so I figure I might as well just up the odds. And then there was an even playing field on this. So, uh, unfortunately, in today's society, people are guilty before they're proven innocent. And that's not the way that this should be. You know, you, you, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt, just like you would have to assume that somebody gives you the benefit of the doubt before the legal system does its thing. Unfortunately, in the, in the court of public opinion, 
people are held guilty way before they, there is even a trial. But, but did they not reach... I could be wrong. Did they not reach a settlement, though? Like, did he not have to pay her a certain amount of money? If you reach a settlement with someone... No, I don't think he settled. I think that uh, there was some... I think there was some charges late, but it was a civil... It was a civil um, case... Okay. Uh, ...of something that happened in the 80s. So, I don't know. I mean, do you... No, you were born in the 90s. Um, but... Uh, barely. Ba- barely. By, like, six weeks, I made the cut. Uh, you know, here's the interesting thing, guys, and, and there's a lot of things that we hear all the time and uh, we get exposed to in the news. And, and by no mean, uh, no shape or form, I, I, I condone any sort of misbehavior like that. Like, do, I do not. But, you see, I'm I'm significantly younger than Trump. Uh, how old is Trump? 78, 79? How old is she? How old is he? Uh, 76. He's 76. Uh, let's say that this happened in 1986. That is what? 40 years ago, right? Sorry, if it happened in 76? Oh, in, sorry, 86. 86. That's, uh, yeah, that's yeah, 40, 40 years. You know, give or take 40, yeah. you know, 37 years ago. Uh, if you ask me about something that I did in the 80s, I don't remember, dude. That was a long time ago. I, I honestly, I don't, uh, that would be hard, man. I, I, it would be hard for me to remember the people that I was, that were my classmates in, in school. But you should still be held accountable though. If you, if it was a crime that you committed. Absolutely. If again, you should be, you, you should always be held accountable for things that you, that you did. I mean, we all are at some point, And if, especially if you're religious, you will we be ultimately accountable for everything that you do. But the, the reality is this, that, do you remember things that that you did? You know, you're you're 25 now. So, in 1998, or sorry, in, in 2008, do you remember uh, all your classmates in your high school that you went to school every single day and you saw every day? Do you Actually, remember them yes, all? I do. <laughs> all I remember pretty much all of them. All 40 of them. Uh, long story short, is we had a pretty tight knit group, and actually, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not friends with all of them, but I remember pretty much all of them. Yeah. And you remember everything that you did, everything you said. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I there is something to be said about, dude. 40, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't well, understand. Yeah, that's, that's a long. That's different than because again, for me, that's like. If we're talking about elementary school, that's like 12, 13 years ago. It's a big difference between 12, 13 years and 30, 40 years. Uh, it is a big difference, but I can I can speak to you from personal opinion. I, I don't even remember the school that I was going to in 1985. I would really have to do some calculations to think. I I started elementary school in 1976, 77, I think. What was your favorite subject in school? Oh, dude, um, it was probably, it was always history. Yeah, that that, that doesn't surprise me. That yeah, it sense. was always history. Yeah, I yeah. always dreamt I, I that too. I, like I was going to be either a lawyer or I was going to be a history teacher. Yeah. Those were my only two dude, things. I might catch some heat for this. I think Canadian history is so boring. Why I, would you Why would you catch heat for that? I don't this know. is the truth. Some people. It's okay, terrible. Okay, yeah. Canadian, really don't... Canadian history was was always one of my lead. I because I, again I took American history. I loved it. But yeah. I took, whenever we had to study Canadian history, also it was a it was a yawner, and I did it in French too. Uh, so that just made it even more of a. Of a I of hate a yarn. that I'm forced I used to, to take math in French. That's terrible, yeah. man. Math yeah, my, sucks. My, <laughs> I, until grade nine, I took math in French because I was in French immersion in elementary school. And when I went to high school, you had to take a certain amount of French credits. So I had to start by taking pretty much everything in French. My first year of doing math in English, my brain was like, 
it was like wow this is so much easier wow well i don't i don't even know you know this whole math situation in, in school is not something that i I don't know how I feel about it because the reality is that other than just basic math that you learn in grade three, <laughs> you have never had to use anything else for the rest of your life, for the rest of your professional life. But I think math is more so a way of thinking as opposed to actual like formulas and numbers. I think it's just a way of thinking like like when math got in, it was grade 11. I have a distinct memory of this. It got to a point where it was more so logic and being able to kind of figure out just based on a they give you like a paragraph like a word problem and you've got to figure out little details within that word problem yeah but then you just teach people logic instead yeah okay <laughs> so you don't need to complicate people's lives and you see the way i see the world these days is that if somebody is going to become a, a professor in in mathematics they won't be able to help themselves because they're built that way. So what do you, they won't be able to help themselves. What do you, what do you mean? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I have read the poem on, on air before. And the poem is by Bukowski uh, that talks about, uh, so you want to be a writer. You've, have, you, have you ever heard me read that? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, why don't we take a short break? Because I, there's a point to what, I'm, what I want to say. Folks, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Um, and uh, we are, this is the hour of the grievances. If you have something to complain about, call me. If you have a car question, call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. As usual, there is where I live. I'm there every day except Tuesdays. Tuesdays, I do laundry. So don't come on Tuesdays. Let's be let's take a break. We'll be right back. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. back if you check your email jacob uh, we just got a we just got an email with a full interview on, on rumble you know you can you can count on rumble they'll always put on all the stuff that you can't find anywhere else uh but uh, be, before the break we were talking about math and the importance of teaching our kids math in school or the lack of importance my argument is simple that we 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 pump our kids full of information that they will never use they will never use and uh, I believe that if somebody is going to become a mathematician, they won't be able to help themselves because people come a certain way. They, they are a certain way. And uh, there is a, it's something that you've heard me uh, read here on the show before, uh, Jacob. And um, I believe in this philosophy so wholeheartedly that I even have it tattooed on, on, my, on my body. You know, the, the philosophy is don't try. Like, just don't try. 
And uh, this is uh, this is what it says. <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> If it doesn't come bursting out of you in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes and ask out of your heart and your mind, your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you have to sit for hours staring at your computer screen or hunched over your typewriter searching for words, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want women in your bed, don't do it. If you have to sit there and rewrite it again and again, don't do it. If it's hard work just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write like somebody else, forget about it. If you have to wait for it to roar out of you, then wait patiently. And if it never does roar out of you, do something else. If you first have to read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody at all, then you're not ready. Don't be like so many writers. Don't be like so many thousands of people who call themselves writers. Don't be dull and boring and pretentious. Don't be consumed with self-love. The libraries of the world have yawned themselves to sleep over your kind. Don't add to that. Don't do it. This is the part that matters most, Jacob. Pay attention to this. Unless... It comes out of your soul like a rocket. I'll repeat that. Unless it comes out of your soul like a rocket. Unless being still would drive you to madness or suicide or murder. Don't do it. Unless the sun inside you is burning your gut. Don't do it. When it's truly time. And if you have been chosen, it will do it all by itself. And it will keep on doing it until you die or it dies in you. There is no other way. There never was. Do you know what I'm talking about? You see, when, when you have to do something that you were born to do, you can't help yourself. You're going to go out and do it no matter what. It doesn't matter what your parents or your wife or your boyfriend or anybody tells you. When you have been chosen to do something, there is no one that can stop you. Not even yourself. What are your thoughts on this? It's a lot to handle on a Saturday morning. I'll say that. <laughs> That's a pretty deep thinking. I didn't know we were going to go in that direction. <laughs> oh, and it all has to do with math. I, I think that I think that teaching kids complex calculus and math is it's a waste of time. You know, we're teaching them, you know, in calculus and, and trigonometry when they can't even make their bed. Right. So <laughs> to that, I'm, I'll throw out the argument of, of what's wrong with when our kids are young, t letting them dip their, their foots into every bucket and figuring out what they liked, right? Like I, when I was in school, I, I did all the subjects. I did, I did science, I did English, I did math, I did whatever. And what I found is that I really liked English. I liked writing. I liked reading and I liked gym. I liked sports and I didn't like as much science. I, did, I hated science from when I was like a young kid. You let them, Get, expose them to everything and let them figure out what they like from there. 
I don't disagree with that at the early stages. I think that you need to expose your kids to, you know, whatever many interests that they might have. But then after grade three or four, maybe even grade five, you just force the kids to do things that they don't want to do. And the truth is this, that this is one of the reasons why mature students are so much more successful than just young students is because when you choose to go back to school, then it becomes your choice. You're doing it because you want to do, not because you're forced to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, when I was very, very, very young, uh, Jacob, one of the things that I always enjoyed doing was uh, whenever there was a group project and we had to do a, a dissertation or a presentation, I would always volunteer to be the one that presented I always did it. I always loved to stand in front of the people and just communicate ideas. And if I was really good at communicating the, the work of the group. And on that basis, I couldn't help myself. You know, some of the toughest years that I had when I, when I first came to Canada was when I couldn't speak English. So I was unable to communicate all these thoughts and ideas that I had. Now, the the radio show is a perfect example for you. I can't help myself. This is the absolute best part of my week. This three hours of just, in for the most part, this is just a soliloquy. I mean, we, I'm just talking to myself because even though we have tens of thousands of people listening to the show, mm, there's no immediate feedback from what I'm saying. You know, from time to time, we get a phone call and we, we entertain having a conversation with a caller. But for the most part, this is just taking a taking a walk inside my brain and and see where it where it takes us every Saturday. You, do you know what I'm saying? So I can't help myself by doing this, right? And you just kind of found this. You just kind of found this on your own, right? No one told you, hey, you have to go on a radio. You just figured out, hey, I think this would be fun. No, I I felt that I couldn't help myself yeah. but to talk. Mm. To talk to people, and now they can't shut me up. I mean, now I can ramble on in two languages. <laughs> so do you think that, so you're saying, I mean, I know you kind of just threw this out there arbitrarily, but up to grade three. Yeah, three, three or four. Now we should ch- we should change schools so that instead of elementary school being from grades, from kindergarten to grade six, should be kindergarten to grade three, and then there should be grade four to grade seven, and then so on. Uh, I, I think that uh, the way that it was done, that ed- education was done before the Industrial Revolution uh, was what brought us to where we became, not after. Because at one point, the the school system uh, adopted a Prussian uh, school system style that would prepare the children to become workers. And uh, the kids were removed from the household and away from their parents. And uh, they were indoctrinated on pun- clocking in and clocking out. I mean, oh, eight to five. They, they were conditioned and trained to become workers because they needed people to work in factories. So so now when after you go to school for what 15 years 15 20 years you go to school you are so unbelievably conditioned to get up at x time in the morning to clock in at eight or nine o'clock in the morning and then you need to leave at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and then you are you are a perfect worker on the other side but before that took place you would have kids being children and from time to time they would show some Aptitude that would show some proclivity to do something that they really like to do. And then they would be sent to a, a master for an apprenticeship. So then you become an apprentice 
carpenter, you become an apprentice farrier or a painter or a, or a composer and so on and so on. And that's how people would become what they became. And some of them would just go and work on the fields with, and they become farmers. So I, I think that the way that the school system that we have today is wrong and Again, results are the only proof of ability. And what we have right now is a bunch of robots that are being conditioned to do whatever the society, whatever the system tells them to do without the ability to think because they already know everything. They know what to think. They don't know how. And that's the problem that we have today. I mean, you, you just got out of the school system, no? I graduated university in 2021. Am I wrong? I mean, no, I think you're right. I, and I think you make a really good point there. I think that uh, when I was in high school, my school offered, uh, they offered co-op and you could do it in grade 11 or grade 12. And it was just a couple months of the year. And I just don't think that the schools did enough to push this. I think going out and having a mix of classes as well as being able to go and get some experience in the workforce, I didn't get my first full time not full time i didn't get my first like i worked at camp i worked as a camp counselor when i was young but my first like retail office ish kind of job i didn't get till i was like 17 18 i think it would have been quite valuable to have that experience when i was 15 16 and the ontario school system does offer this there is an option to do co-op whether it's it's uh, working for a newspaper or working as an apprentice, like you mentioned, there's all these options, but I don't think the school pushes it enough as much as they should. I think it would have been great for me. I think it would be great for most students to get some kind of work experience while they're still in high school. I don't think that is a job of the school system to orient the kids into what is right for them. I think that's the job of the parents. But the, pro- the problem is that the parents have been so deeply indoctrinated by that sc- same school system that has failed us time and time and time again that they have no point of well, reference. Well, that's why I'm saying I think the school should do a better job of pushing it, right? I mean, to, I, there were maybe a handful of people my age of my graduating class of 300 students. There are only a handful who actually took up the school on that offer. I mean, why would you not want to, at that age, go get some experience, go get paid? And especially me, I mean, I hated doing homework. as a, I should have been all over that because I hated doing homework. If you're working part-time, you're not going to have as much homework because your job is – that's your class is your job and that's it I don't think that you should have homework I think that that is ruining ruining the very little time that kids could have with their parents in which they can actually get exposed to life experiences with their families now it's getting sucked up because the teacher doesn't want to get the work done during the regular school hours I think it's a mistake do you disagree with that? um I did. I mean, <laughs> I hated homework, so that would have been lovely for me as a student, <laughs> and I'm sure most students would agree with that. No, no one likes homework. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to is no one likes to do it. And I know some people will say, "Oh, well, that's reality." Is some a lot of jobs you work, you're on the clock constantly. Well, but you see, that's the problem. You see, if you finish work at five, but you are connected to your office until you know six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at nighttime, your life will be miserable. Your life will be miserable and and school homework is is in a way conditioning you to work after hours without getting paid. But you're an entrepreneur. Are you not are you not supposed to be on the clock 24 seven? What happens if something what if there's a fire at, at 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 Nissan? I'm on, but I'm I'm the executive of the company. 
I'm not, I'm not a worker. I'm not. The whole company relies on me. Yeah. So I'm the head of the organization. Exactly. But as an, yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're you're on the clock. I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, the success of my organization is directly related to my commitment to it, right? But that's my company. I'm not clocking in or clocking out. I don't get paid that way. And and that's the difference. I mean, if you always want to work for somebody, sure, by all means. But you see, if you if you want to get results, that not many people have, you need to be prepared to sacrifice in a way that most people are not willing to. You know, people expect exceptional results with mediocre effort. And that's a big challenge that we have. And you know, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about this because I think it's an interesting point. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. The phone lines are open still. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Call us. We still have a few minutes to talk to you. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on the Mighty Saga 960. So many things to talk about. So many things to talk about. Uh, we do have a caller on the line that wants to talk about something. We don't have his, their name or the topic. Folks, when you're calling the show, you need to write down the name and the topic. or Otherwise, I don't know how to address you. So let's see if, we, if this person picks up. Uh, caller. Uh, you have something on your mind. How can we make your life better this morning? Uh, Greg, hi. First of all, I, uh, the reason I called, uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, ask what happened last uh, show. Uh, there was like um, some kind of encore presentation where I heard your conversation with me and I was reminded of certain things. So I thought next time you will be on, I will call back to clarify or continue certain Okay. Uh, what happened last? Uh, what happened? Was technical difficulties or like why it was encore instead of like uh, live? That's because you don't listen to the show on a regular basis. If you do, you know that I was I had a fight last Saturday, so we had to do a rerun. Mm, oh yeah, from the beginning was original. I thought. No, 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 no. That's no. Uh, no that's my producer being brilliant. But really? how? How? Yeah. Oh, what is? What is your name? Number one. What is your name? <laughs> you know my name. Anonymous is my name for uh, now. Anyway, I like to say that, uh, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I like to say um, hi to Mika in Finland. Uh, he was uh, great to contact and uh, cheered me up and uh, was a great show, like uh, actually that encore uh, presentation. And uh, also that thing what you said about the 
Gabriela Mistral, whatever, something yeah, yeah. you mentioned, somebody, a lady, yes. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, there are different ways to interpret what she said, uh, because she said, uh, like as far as you told me, uh, the death was ultimate uh, achievement of human spirit with uh, wonderful, uh, the wonderful, uh, wonderful achievement, I guess. That's what you said, uh, with the uh, infinite... Uh, Possibility, something like this. Correct? That's that's right. That's right. Yes, something like this. You know, I was thinking like uh, what she meant that because you told a certain spin on it, so to say, as far as I understood. But uh, as far as I understood, maybe to consider a wonderful achievement, it means achievement like or some some kind of um, achievement where there is a lot of wonder. You know, wonderful whatever could be there uh, to wonder if it's anything possibilities afterwards. Anything is possible, and we can only wonder about that. So maybe that's how she meant because you kind of thought of like she thought like is there's nothing after that this and that but you know what you also said that tomorrow never comes and you know what came to my mind when we look at the every day there's always tomorrow you know that's why I was thinking like uh, we actually have the more uh, uh, kind of uh, suggestions in life or uh, messages that tomorrow always comes, uh, like uh, almost guaranteed that they're going to be tomorrow. You know what? Uh, you know, I hold on, a, hold on a second. I, I had to stop you because you don't, you don't, you don't let me in. I thank you so much for the phone call. I uh, I really appreciate your thoughts this morning. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I, I do you, <laughs> Jacob? Do you have something to say about this? No, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think I think he got it all out. I I think that he got most of it. I'm sorry, I had to I had to just cut the phone call off because I, I honestly we we need to move on and we had another call here, uh, but I didn't know how to get. It was so deep I couldn't get under that. that. Exactly, exactly. That's a good way to put it. It was way too high to get over and too deep to go under. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Precisely. Okay. Uh, we got Will now. Will, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning, Will? Well, should I get to my question, Greg, or should I stroke you first? <laughs> you can, you can um, go straight to your I question. Just, I, I, yeah. here's, here's a piece of advice I got from you. Uh, there's two things. I didn't listen to part of it, but... The part I listened to paid off well. Um, the first car I ever bought brand new was a 2018 CRV. Okay. And I know what you say about leases, and I agree. Unfortunately, there's the other half of the equation called my wife who didn't agree <laughs> with me. So we leased it. We got a five year, yeah. 160. But what I did do was get the extended warranty, Good. and I developed a relationship with my dealership. Good man. Stratford Honda, props to Stratford Honda. The service manager there, he, he Dave, he, he was good to us, really good. When the lease came up just recently here in April, he says, bring the car in, we'll go over it from stem to stern, whatever I can get you still under warranty, I'll replace. We'll have a lease end party, he called it. And, and because of the value of, of used cars these days, 
Um, we ended up buying the car. The buyout was fifteen thousand. Oh, that is over twenty. With, with about one hundred and fifty. Oh, yeah. Pardon? It's over twenty grand yeah, right 15, now. So, so just the, the better the better part of twenty thousand dollars by the time you pay tax and the and the whatnot. But it's always been serviced by the dealer. Um, so you know, props to you for that. I you know that that. It really paid off listening to you. I just wish we'd have done the seven year zero percent. That's all. Well, listen, I, all, car, all I can neither here nor there. All I can do, Will, is uh, you know, just to provide the advice. It's like you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make a drink, right? It's the same thing with that happens with everything. Now, all I promise here is the truth. That's it. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Ultimately, you everyone is responsible for their own life, and you know your reality, so you can make the decisions that the most suit you. But what I will tell you here on the yeah. show is just the truth, and a lot of people have trouble understanding that. But I'm glad that you got the extended warranty. You're still in a pretty good position. And yes, yes, because of this, this the crazy situation we're in these days with used cars. That it, like it, it's it was pur- purchased by the time the tax of safety was done, just about twenty, but like you know, in the, between nineteen and twenty. But that car is worth like. 20, anywhere from 22 to the dealer would have paid us 22 for it. I know. So that the vehicle is, it was worth well in the 20. So, you know, that was a, that was a really, really good decision. Uh, well, well, you know, good for you, brother. Is yeah. there anything else that I can answer for you? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm, I'm kind of tossing, I'm partial to, uh, looking around to buy possibly a used CX-5. Okay. And, and the prices on that, I'm just, the prices of those, uh, uh, used vehicles in general astound me like what people are asking for it's like it's crazy prices and I don't know if they're getting it or if they're just really going on some some you can tell are outright fishing trips because of today's market and I have a theory about uh, the high price of, of uh, cars in general and used cars I'm wondering is there not an agenda with trying to get everybody to go green do you think do you think that they're trying to narrow the the powers that be are trying to narrow the gap between ice vehicles and electric. No, no, I don't I think ice. I think ice vehicles are being overpriced now. No, I don't think that uh, you see. Um, the government has no bearing on on the pricing of the used vehicles. Ultimately, what drives the prices on used vehicles is is the market demand and the supply. And uh, you see, in in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, a lot of vehicles were exported out of the country. Uh, U.S. conglomerates were coming in here and literally ransacking the auction. We never stood a chance. Every single vehicle was getting was being sent to the U.S. and we knew, we knew that this. This was going to create a massive, massive shortage of used vehicles. Now, you know, this is not a bad thing, Will. And, uh, you know, I'm going to hang up right now because we do need to end the show. And I'll answer this. It's not a bad thing. And the reason why this isn't a bad thing, because even though you're paying really high prices for used vehicles, uh, you are also getting really, really high trade-in values. Trading values that you were never able to get before in case in point is your CRV. Because of the shortage of vehicles, that car has been able to retain a, an unusually high amount of resale value that puts you in a position in which you can buy the vehicle at the end of your lease and not be out of cash. So, I think that there is there is always two sides of every story. There there is always a different perspective, and uh, perspective is something so so different. Um, I was reading about the difference between 
perception and perspective. And uh, the idea behind it was that, uh, you know, 97, 98% of the population has perception. They see the world as it pertains to them. It's their perception of reality. And only 2 or 3% of the population have perspective. They see the world for what it truly is. And those people are ultimately the ones that will rule the world. So ask yourself, is it your perception or is it your reality? You know, ask yourself that question. Um, folks, those were three amazing hours that you gave me this morning. Uh, your phone calls. Yes, sir? No, I, I agree with you. That No, the calls were fantastic. Please keep calling in. Uh, but our friend Anonymous does have a point. We should let listeners know that the next two weeks will be best ofs as well. Uh, no, actually, I think that we are, we are on next week. I think. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we, we are on next oh, week. Oh, we're on next week. Okay. Yeah, and I think that we are on also the week after that. But, you know, let's talk about that after the show. <laughs> uh, I think that we got our dates crossed. But anyways, no, we are live here next week. Uh, we, we're going to be broadcasting live from the show, so no, no issues there. Uh, thank you so much for indulging me for three hours this morning. And what most when became a, a, a vehicle extravaganza, uh, at the end of it all, I am an automotive expert. This is what I do. That's my career. I've been doing it for 30 years, and I will give you the absolute crudest, rawest advice as it pertains to buying a vehicle no matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter the city. It doesn't matter the model. I will tell you exactly what I would do if I were you with all the years of experience and knowing all that I know. And some people that take that advice call the show and say, Greg, Thank you so much for advising me the right way. We hear this all the time here, Jacob, and there is a reason why that happens. Uh, because at the end of it, all it comes down to this. I'm at a different stage in my life. This is the stage in which I give back, and this is what this is all about. You need to find some gratitude in, in, in the life that you live and give back to the community, and this is all I'm going to do. Now, if you need to come and see me, and uh, for those who know, know that uh, before you make any car buying decision, you need to come and see me at only one place. Where is, where is that, buddy? That's at Oakville Nissan. Why? There's something happening here. At OakvilleNissan.com. serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!